facts about the Second Amendment. And never ever forget that all gun control laws are nothing less than overt acts of aggression against the American people and their rights. Exercise your rights in a safe way. Stupidity to think that someone hell-bent on violating the law against murder will magically be stopped by a gun control law. Politicians that infringe on our Yeah, you heard the man. He said it twice. Let's go. We are locked and loaded on the Shooting Straight Radio podcast, also known as Second Amendment University. And I am Royce, your host and professor emeritus of Second Amendment studies, pouring it to you from both barrels with 100% felt recoil and no suppressor. Got a lot to talk about today as usual. Yeah, man. Um, I tell you what. Uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. First, I want to tell you uh, that this program is brought to you by my good friends out at the gun site, Freedom Guns, Rock and Rod Row, and the American Police Hall of Fame. Thank you guys for keeping this program rocking and rolling. <clears throat> Speaking of Rod Row, I'm going to have him back on the program again soon, and you don't want to miss that. That dude is a hoot. So, also, Voice of the Blue podcast, the link to it is going to be on every episode page. Uh, whenever you look, go on the page on your favorite podcast platform, scroll down until you see the link there. Uh, some very riveting interviews with the men and women of law enforcement is pretty good. Also, you can find a good listening platform at the Shooting Straight Radio podcast page, uh, shootingstraightradio.com, shootingstraightradio.com. You can also email me there, Royce at shootingstraightradio.com. So, you don't have any excuse for not catching the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. Share it with your friends. And I'll be sharing this episode with a Hollywood actor, as a matter of fact. I don't know if he'll be listening to it or not, but I want him to hear my side of things. Because, uh, well, let's put it this way. Uh, he thinks apparently everybody needs to hear his side of things. And my contention with him is uh, his side of things just doesn't make sense for me. Uh, uh, the art, the actor I'm talking about, Mr. Hollywood actor, I really don't dislike the guy. I really don't even think he's a flaming liberal or a leftist, but I do believe he's been hanging around too many of them. That would be Mr. Matthew McConaughey. He had put himself back in the spotlight, and frankly, I think for not good reasons. I know it appears that he really does care and actually, I believe that he really does have good intentions and that he genuinely does care about people, especially those within his hometown of Uvalde, Texas. And I also believe that he and I share a common desire to stop these spree shootings once and for all. Where he and I differ, of course, is the methods by which to obtain that goal. I do believe he values human life for the most part, like I do, uh, but he doesn't value 
God-given human rights like I do, and certainly not on the same level. And that, I believe, is because he doesn't understand really what rights are. See, here's the thing, people. There's no such thing as a human right that is evil. There's no such thing as the free, responsible exercise of any of our rights leading us to do evil. That Keep that in mind. And let, matter of fact, ponder that deeply. I think it'll bring you to the right conclusions. I don't think Mr. McConaughey understands these things. Um, I also believe that he has seized upon an opportunity for rank hubris, some self-promotion to a certain degree. He kind of fancies himself to be a peacemaker or a mediator between those who value their rights, like I do and all of my listeners do, and those who wish to disarm us and will use any and all tragedies as a catalyst to do so. Now, one of the biggest problems with the article that I'll be referencing throughout this program, and this is one of the reasons that I say I believe this is an opportunity seized upon by Mr. McConaughey for self-promotion, is that it is saturated from top to bottom with GQ photos of Mr. McConaughey, and none of which have anything to do with the subject of the article at all. Now, this is an article that he wrote for Esquire magazine. Now, I don't know if Esquire inserted all of those GQ photos of Mr. McConaughey into his article, but if I were him and, and, and he didn't want that and he didn't want that in there, if he was really not trying to promote himself and was really trying to do something good with this, I think I'd have called Esquire and said, you may not run my article with all of those photos. But he didn't do that, and I want to know why. So he uh, was reflecting on the aftermath of the shooting there at Robb Elementary in Uvalde, Texas, back in May of this year. And also, he made a, an address at the White House, and one that I find rather annoying. He also wrote an opinion piece for Esquire, and that's what we're going to be getting into here in a second. And he starts talking about his emotional connection to the town he grew up in there and how the massacre there at the elementary school affected him. And I believe it did affect him. I don't know how it couldn't affect you. You'd have to be dead from the neck up and have no heart at all to not be affected by the slaughter that went on there. But again, the remedy for the failure of government at every level is not to turn around and take rights from the people who did who had nothing to do with it and who freely and responsibly exercised the rights they now want to curtail. So keep that in mind as we go through this article. And I will, of course, be adding my oh-so-generous interspersions as we go. Mr. McConaughey starts by saying, I am sickened by the spate of mass shootings in America, especially those at schools, which are supposed to be some of the safest of spaces for our children and the closest extensions of our homes. Okay? I am sickened by them too, Mr. McConaughey. Absolutely sickened by them. Unfortunately, sir, 
those safe spaces haven't been safe spaces since 1990 when the Gun-Free Zones Act was signed into law and a bill that was promoted and supported and sponsored by the National Rifle Association. That's one of the things I have against them. It was signed into law by H.W. Bush, and it basically and essentially placed a neon sign high in the sky above all schools saying, hey, all you predators, here is a target-rich environment for you. So, by the way, Mr. McConaughey, have you ever asked yourself, why is it so often that these happen at schools? Have you ever asked yourself that question, sir? Well, because if you do, you might find yourself on the right track here, okay? Mr. McConaughey wrote, but this time it felt different, more personal. Now, for the first time, my innocent childhood memories of Uvalde felt naive, more like dreams than memories, slightly hazy and suddenly overly sacred. He's waxing ever so, hmm, I don't know what the word is here. Times like these make us all feel a bit more foolish. We hug our kids a little longer, knowing their innocence won't last as long as ours did, hoping their children won't know the same. But you've heard all this before. Parkland, Buffalo, El Paso, Pittsburgh, Aurora, so many others, and in the wake of each tragic shooting, a groundswell of support for gun reform. Yet nothing has ever changed at the national level. Nothing. Would this time be different? Well, Mr. McConaughey, Royce Bartlett says, very forcefully and plainly, I certainly hope that there is no gun reform because there doesn't need to be any gun reform, sir. There needs to be people reform, and I think you agree with me, and I say that because of what I'm going to read that you wrote in this article, sir. I believe you believe the same thing. This has nothing to do with firearms. This really has nothing to do with the accessibility of firearms. This has everything to do with evil people getting their hands on firearms and doing evil things with them and the innocent people around them not being allowed by law, forbidden to defend themselves or to defend the children in these schools. Sir, when people are left defenseless, that is an invitation to evil. He continues, it sure felt different to me because this time it was personal, maybe. But also there seemed to be momentum building in D.C. and in state houses around the country to enact new legislation that would make it harder for the wrong people to acquire guns, especially semi-automatic weapons like the ones used in the worst mass shootings. If such a bill passed, it would be the first federal gun reform in 28 years. Okay, Mr. McConaughey, there's already federal gun laws that forbade that scumbag to walk into that school and start shooting kids and teachers, sir. How many more federal gun laws do you suppose it's going to take before bad guys go, okay, well, I guess there's just too many federal laws now. I've got to comply. I can't be murderous. 
I can't walk in there and kill a bunch of people with a gun or with a knife for that matter because you're not allowed to have a knife at a school either. Oh, I just can't do that. Well, gee, I was going to kill a lot of people today and violate all known laws against murder and homicide and felonious assault, but a gun control finally shut me down. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it, sir? Well, because it is. No gun control law on the state or federal level has ever stopped a crime or prevented a crime. People who are dead set intent on harming other people don't care about your damned gun laws. Now he said, and I'm only reading excerpts of the article. I'm not reading the entire thing. It would take way too long, and I'd have to bypass a lot of GQ photos. He said, I'm not a politician. I do not speak their language. Yet the push and pull between gun rights supporters and on one side and gun control supporters on the other is vicious, uniquely American, and yes, very political. Well, yes, sir, it is. Very political. And no, I'm going, to, I'm, going to tell, I'm going to affirm later that you have no right to demand that we cede any of our rights at all, any portion of them, in order to make the other side happy, sir. And I'll explain why a little bit later. Now, he said, what I did have at that moment were the raw firsthand accounts of the Uvalde victims uh, the families we'd spent time with. I recalled one constant from those conversations, a wish each and every parent expressed to us. I just want my child's death to matter. Each time the emphasis had been on the last word, make their lives matter. Well, sir, their lives do matter. I believe their lives matter. I believe even the politicians up there believe that a child's lives matter. Of course, to one side, they only matter for political points. For those of us who really want to do something about this problem, sir, they really do matter deep down in our hearts, and we want to do something to protect them. Because we know good and stinking well, no law is going to do that. The only thing a law does is inhibit the free exercise, the free responsible exercise of the rights of innocent people who have broken no laws, sir. Another excerpt says, a tragedy like Uvalde can fall from the front page overnight. Attention turns elsewhere. The public moves on. Whatever I could do, I needed to do it now. Okay, well, I'm glad you feel that way. But I just say that your methods and your interspersion of yourself in all this and that your demand that we cede, again, I say, more of our rights to the left. Uh, sorry, sir, we're not going to do that. And all of your attempts at peacemaking between the two factions of the pro-rights and anti-rights people is not going to help anything, okay? And he wrote... I also wrote an op-ed. It's time to act on gun responsibility in the Austin American Statesman. On the day we flew east, talk about him and his wife flying to, uh, to Texas after the shooting. He said, in it, I offered reasonable regulations that still protected Second Amendment rights. No, sir, you did not. I read what you wrote. 
And he says, I proposed a new semantic framing of the issue. Instead of gun control as it had been labeled, I maintained that the real matter in question was one of gun responsibility. All right, let's, let's, let's look at that, Mr. McConaughey. Changing the semantics of the issue is now going to have an impact and help stop violent scumbags from committing their evil deeds? simply by changing the semantics. How is that helping? Changing the semantics doesn't do anything, sir. And if you're implying that the reason this kid went into that school and killed a bunch of children and teachers is because gun owners are irresponsible, how in the world are you making that correlation? How what do we have to do with it? How are we, how is it, our responsibility is to be faulted somehow because this scumbag, this evil murdering piece of crap did what he did. And how is it that you feel that we are not responsible when over a hundred million of us every day prove that we are? We prove we're not the problem. So I have to ask you, Matthew, do you blame us in any way for what happened at Robb Elementary in, Uv in Uvalde, Texas? Because your own words that I will read in a moment prove that you do believe that. And you are wrong. You are dead wrong. You don't get to, uh, you know, accuse us of the crimes of others. He said, I needed to let DC and the general public know where I stood. Okay, here's why I just take issue with you on your self-aggrandizement, sir. And I'm gonna do that right after we come back with a, after a brief, also brief, commercial moment here on the Shooting Straight Radio Podcast. Don't go anywhere because, uh, yeah, you know the story. Captain Rob and the Listener Retention Squad are on standby. Be right back. The Shooting Straight Radio Podcast is proudly sponsored in part by The Gun Sight in Merritt Island with a nine-lane, 25-yard indoor shooting range, handgun and machine gun rentals, a fully stocked gun store with plenty of long guns, handguns, ammunition, and accessories to choose from. They're your one-stop shop in Merritt Island for all things necessary to responsibly exercise your Second Amendment right. Check them out at gunsightrange.com or stop by in person at 125 South Banana River Drive. And make sure you tell them that you heard about the gun sight on the Shooting Straight Radio Podcast. Freedom Guns at Rockledge, just north of Rockledge High School, 1255 Florida Avenue, Suite A. You can check them out at freedom-guns.com. Got a great selection of handguns, long guns, ammunition, accessories, holsters, magazines, Big Liberty Safe, and he offers free delivery and installation. Check them out at freedom-guns.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about them on the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. Hey y'all, Rock and Rock Distributing here. I'd like to take a second and thank y'all for supporting Royce and the Shooting Straight podcast. Uh, I've known the man for a number of years now, advertised on the show for Oh, basically ever since I met the man. And uh, don't think that we, and 
he doesn't appreciate the support that you give him. As you all know, I am a licensed gun dealer, so if you're looking for firearms, you need to sell some, like to trade some, you can reach me at 561-445-0429, either by calling me or texting me. Inventory's pretty good right now. Something else I'd like to say is, you know it, I know it, everybody with a brain knows it. Something just don't feel quite right right now. Trust your gut, folks. Take care of each other. And never forget, taxation is theft. Sigurman, godfather of the Dirty Hippie Mafia. The American Police Hall of Fame. Proud sponsors of the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. Who are we? We are the keepers of the history of individual law enforcement officers. We are a facility that honors the fallen and supports their families. We are a training facility that teaches civilians how to be their own first responder. We are a venue that offers free tactical and strategic training for sworn officers. We are a great place to visit and learn. Go to APHF.org to find out more. Special thanks to the boys at Freedom Guns out there in Rockledge. And yes, Rockin' Rod Ralph Sigerman, the gun site in Merritt Island, and the American Police Hall of Fame. Thank you all. Uh, your sponsorship means the world to me, and I can just cannot say thank you strongly enough. Not to mention, I thank you all of you listeners out there who have made this program what it is with your listenership. Uh, this program has now been downloaded in 41 countries. Well, you guys rock. Every, all 50 states within the Union, over 1,500 American cities now. Thank you all. I really appreciate you listening, and I hope I keep bringing you good content, fresh content, and that it keeps you energized in the fight for your right to keep and bear arms. So Mr. McConaughey, Mr. McConaughey wrote this article at Esquire magazine, as we've been reading excerpts from, talking about the Uvalde shooting and the aftermath of it. And he said, I needed to let DC and the general public know where I stood. And my question is, why? Why? I thought you wanted to maybe make an impact here and actually try to do something to save lives. Um, what about where the rest of us non-famous people stand? What about our opinions? What makes your opinion more valid than ours? Hmm? Because you're a Hollywood movie star, sir? Did you somehow suppose that the country was waiting breathlessly for your opinion on this issue here? I hate to lay a shocker on you here, sir, but we weren't. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just simply saying you're, I'm reading what you're saying. I needed to let Washington, D.C. and the general public know where I stood. Sir, you are one of over 330 million citizens in this country. And if you're going to put yourself out there in the public eye and start bringing out opinions, maybe you should make very, very sure that your opinions are rooted 100% in the truth before you step into the public eye. So he wrote, talking about the bill passed by the House and Senate, this uh, whatever the, the name of that bill was passed recently that will do absolutely not a stinking thing to you know fix the, the, fix this problem 
Because again, you can't throw laws at a problem uh, uh, of lawlessness. Lawless people don't give a hoot about the law. He said, does this bill, this law solve everything? And I'm quoting him. He says, hell no. No law will heal Uvalde. Okay, laws don't heal, sir. Laws are designed to prescribe punishment for infractions. Okay, and sometimes those infractions are not actually infractions, you know, like the lawful keeping and bearing of arms. He said, no law will heal Uvalde or any community that suffered a similar tragedy. Does it move us in the right direction? Yes, okay. How does the passage of that law move us in the right direction? Are you saying the right direction is more gun control? I think you are, because you've already said you've been offering up solutions. Sir, you're offering up the same stupid solutions that so many people in the civilian disarmament cartels have been offering up. Same thing. So, he said, when we spoke to the families in the wake of the bill's passage, they expressed gratitude. It won't bring their kids back, but it does make them feel like, to some extent, the government finally listened. Oh, so it made them feel good. But it didn't do a stinking thing to prevent the problem from happening again. Yeah. McConaughey continued. Did our efforts make an impact? I've been told they did. Part of me hopes that's true, but another part of me is frustrated that we could have an impact. We didn't show up on the Hill with a new invention or a groundbreaking argument. I agree, sir, you didn't. You brought the same old worn out arguments that the leftists have been bringing. He said, we just helped frame the discussion in reasonable ways so that all sides could digest it. Uh, I hate to break it to you, Matt. You didn't. You didn't, sir. It's not a reframing of it. It's the same frame that others have used all this time. Explain, sir, how disarming innocent lawful Americans is the answer. Explain how even slightly diminishing our rights will do anything to help alleviate the pain, loss, and the angst felt by the surviving families. He also delivered a speech from the White House. And this is what he said, and this, this is what really annoys me about Mr. McConaughey here. He said that Americans need to brush off the extremists and meet in the middle to get results. No, sir. Meeting in the middle is compromise. Tell me why we're required to compromise, sir. We didn't do a damn thing. Why are we required to comp compromise meaning we give up more of our rights. How is that going to get results anyway? The only results that spring from that is more power given to the government and to the leftists in this country to disarm us by using the force of law. Illegal laws, but still laws. He said, most Americans, myself included, don't stand on the political fringes. We are reasonable and responsible, and we share more values than we're being told we do. You're right, sir. We do share more valuables, valuables, value, values than we're being told that we do. But then he says this, and we believe that meeting each other in the middle is in service of the greater good. No, sir, that's where you're wrong. Sorry. That's where you're wrong. Meeting in the middle means we 
lose more and they gain more. That is not a good compromise. That's one side losing while another side wins. And the other side winning doesn't keep anybody safe. You don't speak for me. He says, we have the majority. We have the numbers. You don't speak for me, sir. And nor do you speak for the majority of lawful keepers and bearers. You don't speak for any of my listeners that I know of. You might speak for, for a small percentage, but most certainly, sir, you do not speak for the majority. I'll tell you something else he said. He said, it's high time we take the megaphone back from the extremist who've been manufacturing these false fractures among us. They've been selling us soft porn at the pep rally for too long. It's time to kick them off the port and starboard si sides of the boat on which American democracy sails. What do you mean take the megaphone back? We don't have a megaphone, sir. The only people with the megaphone are those on the left. That would be the media. The media has the megaphone. The civilian disarmament cartels, they have a nice loud me me uh, megaphone. We hardly have a say anymore. We hardly have a voice. We are the ones shouted down with nonsense like this that you're putting out here. What do you mean kick us off the port and starboard side? Huh? Yeah. He says, uh, my, he says, uh, Uvalde is also where my dad introduced me to my first firearm, a Daisy BB gun. I was nine, and I still remember the sober tone he assumed while presenting it. This is a tool, son, he said. It can feed you, and it can take a life. You must give it full respect. He instilled in me the rules of engagement, uh, engagement, barrel management, barrel management, muzzle control, safety catch, secure storage, the awareness of what's behind your target. He did not allow me to go out on my own until he knew I could be trusted to properly handle the daisy. In time, I graduated to a 410 shotgun, then a rifle. With each new firearm came another initiation from my father, him patiently educating his youngest son about gun responsibility. He taught me to revere this tool in all its power. He taught me responsible gun ownership. Okay, what, you think my daddy didn't? Do you, I mean, you say that as if you were uh, an anomaly of sorts. I mean, I teach my boys, I've taught both of them responsibility with firearms to the extent that if they picked up any of their toy guns off the floor with their fingers on the triggers, I took them away from them. You say this as if you are just one of the few whose fathers actually forced them to be responsible. He said, I support this Second Amendment. I believe we should have access to guns for hunting, sport, and self-defense. Do you really? He said, I believe fire, all firearm purchases should be subject to an extensive background check. They already are, sir. And unless you're in the military, you should be 21 to purchase an assault rifle. Why should someone's level of responsibility be based on their age? I got a 14-year-old who's more safe with a firearm than some police officers I've seen. He said, I believe extreme risk protection orders or red flag laws that respect due process should be the law of the land. Well, they don't respect due process, sir. Inherently, they do not respect due process. And then he said, and that firearm safety courses should be mandatory. 
Okay, why? Every single gun owner I know has sought out training. Literally, I can't find one. I, I've actually been asking around. When you got a gun, did you never get trained? Oh, no, no. I, I, I got some training from a friend here or someone there or my dad or uh, this, this training company or whatever. Uh, I, I had yet to find anybody who didn't seek out some form of training, even if it was from a, from a family member. So, he said... Most of my friends and neighbors in Texas agree with these positions, and many of them also agree that our Second Amendment rights have been getting hijacked by troubled men with bad intent. Oh, who are you referring to here, Matt? People like me? Groups like GOA, Firearms Policy Coalition, National Association of Gun Rights? Huh? Why is it you claim we are troubled? And what bad intentions are you asserting that we manifest? How are we manifesting them? Huh? This is where you're pissing me off, Matt. He said, it seems we have forgotten that our rights come with obligation. How? How? How is it that this kid who walked into that school and murdered kids and teachers is somehow representative of all 100 million gun owners and that we have somehow uh, forsaken our obligation and our responsibilities. What is this we stuff, white boy? Your lack of interaction with actual Second Amendment proponents is prominently displayed here without me even asking you if you uh, met with any, I mean, without, with, that you never met with any of us. You met with Biden in the White House, you met with Mitch McConnell, who was a flaming rhino. You, flat, you, you met with victims' families. You, sir, did not sit down with anybody from GOA or gun, you know, the Firearms Policy Coalition or people like me. You didn't sit down with any of us. Why not? When you didn't do that, you only allowed certain types of information into your mind and into your heart, and you made incorrect decisions, therefore. He said, to do nothing is more than irresponsible. Oh, I agree. I just don't agree with you on how to do something. He said, that's un-American. Oh, I agree. Our firearm policy is failing us, and we are failing it. Really? Well, what, what exactly do you see our firearm policy to be? If you mean gun control, yeah, it is failing us. It's designed to fail. That's why a gun control law enabled that shooter there at Rob Elementary in your hometown to walk in there and do what he did because there was a law that said nobody else could have guns in there. Well, when bad guy says, well, I'm bringing one, what happened then? And how are we failing it, sir? But here's why I actually agree with this actor and wannabe morality broker he said, the shooting in Uvalde raised in my mind thousands of questions. One, what causes someone to carry out such a destructive act? Oh, wait a minute. Why'd your focus go off the gun all of a sudden and suddenly on the shooter? Then he says, do we acknowledge the capacity, the human capacity for evil? Well, that's a great question, Mr. McConaughey. And I wish you would ask it more often. Then he says, how do a family and a community survive a tragedy of this magnitude? Well, sir, it's not by passing more gun control, I can tell you that. Then he says, what can we do to prevent this from happening again? 
Again, sir, the answer is not passing more gun control. If we want safer communities, more freedom, and better leaders, get this, and I agree, Mr. McConaughey, we're going to have to build better people. Bingo! You, sir, just nullified everything you already said about gun control in that one statement. That's right. You don't need more useless gun control laws that won't stop the next shooter, sir. We need to build better people. Now, I guess you'd start needing to ask, um, why is it we don't have good people? Where has the breakdown occurred? He said, as parents, parental figures, role models, and mentors, mentors, it is on us to guide our children, to be more active in their lives, to show them we care, show them how to care for uh, themselves, and hence how to care for others, to teach them responsibility. From what I can tell, when a child has a healthy understanding that their own life matters, they have a healthier understanding that others' lives matter, other lives matters as well. Amen. I'm going to amen you there, Mr. McConaughey. Amen. I can't amen that enough. But there's the thing. Your primary mistake in your initial reasoning springs from the false assumption that the answer lies between the two opposing sides of this issue. And sir, that is not true. Because when the truth is on one side and lies are on the other, the answer is not found between the two in some sort of strange mixture of half-truths and whole lies. Accepting a little falsehood in the hopes of making peace between it and the truth is nothing more than trying to make peace between light and darkness and between good and evil. And in any compromise with evil, evil is the only beneficiary while the truth must suffer the indignity made in the compromise, sir. The truth is, Mr. McConaughey, Infringing our rights more than they've already been infringed is not going to help one bit. The only thing we can do is protect our kids and try to, like you said, make better kids. Well, we got to figure out how to do that. First of all, let's start by protecting them in the schools physically. Maybe we need to start protecting them spiritually by teaching them biblical morality once again in our schools. Hmm. Give that some consideration next time you want to put yourself in the limelight here, Mr. McConaughey. I thank you for a, a small portion of what you said, but the rest, sir, it gets thrown in the garbage. It's not worth a hoot. It's not worth the paper it's written on in that Esquire magazine. I'll catch you on the next episode of the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. Keep your powder dry. Keep a gun on your person. Keep your head on a swivel. Keep yourself in contact with your representatives. And never, ever forget that incoming rounds always have the right of way. Royce out. So turn it on, tune in, crank it up. Royce Bartlett and the Shooting Straight